Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young business leaders, welcome to the YBT podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 95. Today, we're going to do something a little differently. Normally, I have a guest, and uh, we'll talk to the guest about... uh, their successes or some of the the things that they've learned along their entrepreneurial journey or just kind of whatever's going on um, that uh, is relevant to leadership or growing yourself in your your business, your personal life, your family life, et cetera. So uh, that's the typical thing. But uh, today I'm actually preparing for a uh, speech that I'm doing, speech, a conversation. Um, I'm I'm speaking at a men's breakfast um, tomorrow. And so I was thinking to myself, you know, I really need to practice what I'm going to say. I got some slides. I got uh, kind of some notes of some of the things that I want to talk about. And what better way to get better at presenting and, and learn and, and get a little bit into my uh, into outside of my comfort zone is to actually record myself during my preparation. Uh, so today, I've gone through this a couple times, but uh, the goal right now is to kind of go and get all the way through this thing. Uh, so that I'm ready for my speech tomorrow morning. So I'm really excited about this. The topic I think is relevant to the podcast audience, and so and so we're going to jump into it. Um, but uh, I will also try to link to the actual presentation as well. So um, what I've noticed whenever I practice or do things like this, whatever my stories are in my practice don't always match up with my stories and how I present it in the actual presentation. So it'll be fun to kind of go through this together. And uh, hopefully, uh, this will be something that you guys uh, can learn from and use in your uh, presentations. But also, uh, topic wise, I'm, I'm pretty excited to share it with you because I've been hinting at it a lot from some of the other conversations that I've had with past guests, just because it's been something that I've been working on. So uh, bear with me through this, but uh, I'm excited to jump into it. Now, the topic that we're talking about is the unintended consequences of invulnerability. And um, what I was thinking about with that is is part of a kind of my journey, part of some of the things that I've been realizing through this podcast and some of the things that I've been learning uh, in just leadership alone. And so I realized that when you're when you're going through life and you're projecting this um, this perfect image of yourself that has no flaws and whatever else, that there's actually consequences to that. And so uh, one of the things that I want to do is actually go through that part of it. But the audience that I'm speaking to isn't going to know a lot about myself. So they're going to know that I'm the president of Trost Marketing, that I have the podcast. Um, The podcast actually recently was just named one of the top 10 podcasts uh, to download in Tulsa by Tulsa People Magazine. So that was a huge honor. I'm really, really excited about that. And uh, I have already started to see a jump in people who are listening to the podcast because of that. So thank you, Tulsa People Magazine. Um, I have a family. I got... uh, 
I've been married to my wife for over 14 years, and uh, I have two boys, Ethan and Nathan. Uh, Ethan is 10, Nate is 8. Uh, they're in going into third and fifth grade, so really excited about uh, them continuing on in their journey and their education, and just kind of being a part of all these different things. But one of the things that I wanted to do was reflect on some of the past uh, people that have actually spoken at this breakfast. Um, and uh, when you look at their topics, and I actually reviewed them whenever I was um, preparing for this, what really impacted me about their conversation with the audience was that they were really openly discussing some of the struggles that they've had in life uh, and explored kind of the behind the scenes uh, thought process of things that they were going through. And I think a lot of times audiences and everybody leans in to a topic like that because somebody is, is really, um, they're being vulnerable in the sense that they're 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 showing the weak parts of their life. These are guys who uh, are pretty high up in the different uh, fields that they're in. They're very successful in, in a lot of things that they've done. And yet, when they get on stage and they have an opportunity to talk to people, they're very willing to share some of the struggles and the challenges they, they've had because when they do that, they're able to show the journey, but also the result of the things that uh, have benefited from that. And I think that for me, that was um, intriguing. And I, and I really leaned into that because we're typically not taught to do that, especially when we look at some of the people that we idolize or that we, uh, that we view as mentors to us. We view them that way because of their success. We view them uh, that way because of the accomplishments that they've had. And so we're looking at uh, people that do these things and we're seeing the things that they've accomplished. And we think we need to do that too. We think we need to, in order to be successful, we need to show all of our successes. We need to not show the painful side of it, um, but to show the leadership side of it, the the good decision-making, the, the, the willingness to act quickly and with integrity and, and with making the right decisions. And there was never a doubt in my mind. But part of this is just because we're men, right? Like we don't need directions. We don't need instructions. We, we fake it until we make it. And so um, these are all things that we kind of tell ourselves and other people tell us that if you want to be successful, you have to do these things. You may be completely freaking out on the inside, but on the outside, you're completely projecting that you have it all together and you have all of the answers. And so I think that we don't do it because it's against our nature. And definitely as men, it's against our nature to ask for help. And a lot of this is me. This is this is something that's really true to myself. So part of the, a lot of this is my story. A lot of this is my self-discovery in this because um, I had for a long time always projected to always have the answers, never have a weakness, always have it all together because I felt that's what I needed to do to be successful, to be promoted, to reach the levels that I wanted to reach. So when I talk about this topic of the unintended consequences of invulnerability, one of the things I want to do is I want to talk about what I mean by 
invulnerable. When I say invulnerable, what I'm talking about is perceived independence. It's the projection that I can get through it no matter what. Uh, I'm going to find a way. I'm invincible. Uh, when we talk about people in their youth or they're getting started in business, a lot of times we'll say things like, they don't know that they're not invincible yet. And I think that's a, one of those things that's just, a, a, in my opinion, human nature to uh, to people is they, they don't know that they can't get hurt, that, that whatever is happening won't happen to them. And so they project this um, they project this idea that they don't have any weaknesses. And a lot of times their success builds this. This cre- It creates this invulnerability because you have created some level of success. And so you, what you want to do is you want to show that you have it all together. You want to show that you have all the answers. And a lot of times, too, when you get to a certain level of success, you feel you, you feel this confidence to the point where it doesn't matter what somebody else is, else does; they can't hurt you anymore. You've you've reached this pinnacle. You've reached this point, and ultimately, I think what happens is uh, we get to the point where it gets a little bit bigger than than maybe it it should, and and it becomes a mask to us. It becomes a shell that we hide behind, and we don't necessarily want to be exposed because we had this narrative for the longest time that we do have it all together and we do um, we do have all the answers. And so ultimately, at some point, we start to hide behind it a little bit, especially when we start to outkick our coverage a little bit. And often, you think you're supposed to be this way again because you see other people doing it. You see the things that they have uh, going right, and you never see really anything that they have wrong with them. And so you start to project this reality that's different than um, than what the reality you project. You project something that's not real. That your reality is not what you're showing. And so that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about invulnerability. It's this way to create this persona, this mask, this idea that you have all the answers, you have it all together. Uh, and part of it is because we're leaders, right? When we're leaders, people are looking to us for those answers. And so I had to think about a little bit when I was kind of talking about being invulnerable and, and, and again, preparing for this. I was like, what are some good examples of this? Because I, I think for me, maybe maybe I'm the exception to the rule. Maybe I'm not the person that always is going to uh, feel this way, you know, based on my personality type or whatever. So uh, for those of you who can't relate, um, I, I've come up with some examples of what I think of when I think of people that are projecting invulnerability. Now, we can't talk about invulnerability without talking about superheroes. And uh, if I were to pull everybody out here, I would guess that a lot of you guys would say when we're talking about someone who we, we perceive to be invulnerable, the answer would be what? It'd be Superman, right? Superman is uh, completely invulnerable to everything except for kryptonite or whatever. But Superman, he's not a man. He's an alien. So, so we're going we're gonna to rule him out. Uh, we're going to take this trolley a little bit more serious, and we're going to talk about this guy, Lego Batman. So I guess Lego Batman technically isn't a man either, but... I think if you watch this movie and you watch this character and kind of the process that he goes through, uh, you realize that he's exemplifying exactly what I talk, what I'm talking about. Uh, he, he's he's rich. That's his superpower. He's rich, right? Like he has all the money. He has all the success. He has uh, the good looks. He has the the strength and everything else. And he thinks that he can do it all on his own. He thinks that it doesn't matter 
what happens, he can make it happen. And what, what ultimately happens is he, he never lets anybody in close to him or he hasn't let anybody in close to him. And so he, he kind of pushes everybody away. But what you find out in this movie as you watch it is that you realize that he needs the help of other people and it's really difficult for him to come to accept that. And so that's that's my first example. The second one, I was uh, thinking and I was like, uh, apparently I got a thing for Dark Knights because my next example is this guy. He's the Black Knight from Monty Python, uh, the the Holy Grail. <laughs> and uh, man, I might be dating myself by by showing this image. Some of these, some of you people may have no idea what I'm talking about. But this guy, he's a he's projected or presented as a valiant knight, a, a guy who has a lot of accomplishments. He's one of the best in the world, uh, and he's you know. He's brave. He's strong, uh, and King Arthur even says that uh, it gives him a lot of respect and asks him to join him. But the, but the the Black Knight is basically said, I'm, "You can't pass. You can't go through here. It doesn't matter who you are. It's not happening." And so they get into a battle, and the, what happens in the battle is the Black Knight actually begins to lose. He, he, he it be, it becomes so insurmountable for him to win, but he keeps fighting. He he has this. Uh, he's a little delusional in terms of what's happening around him uh, to the point where he loses both of his arms and both of his legs and continues to fight. And uh, so, again, maybe a little bit more of a caricature of, of what I'm talking about, but um, we think that we're invulnerable even when we have the evidence around us that there's no way that we can win this battle. So I was trying to uh, think to myself, okay, well, th those are two, like, not real-life characters. So, like, who who's a real-life person that I think <laughs> exemplifies this? And, uh, man, this one was right in front of my face, actually, as I was thinking about it. The news came on, and this guy popped up. And, um, you know, when you think about Donald Trump, you think about um, – the fact that he is a successful businessman, that he's uh, ascended to pretty much the highest level in, in, the, in the world, in the United States at least. And uh, I would venture to say that a lot of the things that he projects, a lot of things that he puts out there are not his reality. I, I, I would venture to say that there is insecurity in there, there is weakness in there. But I tell you what, um, he'll, I've never seen him admit it. I've never seen him um, basically, you know, get real and, and talk about some of the challenges that he has in his life. Everything's the biggest, the bigliest, bestest, everything. And so this is kind of the ultimate example of it. Now, I'm not saying I'm Donald Trump or, or, the, or, or Batman or, or the Dark Knight or the Black Knight. But what I am saying is that I think a lot of times these attributes and traits and these perceptions are around us. And so... We think, in some capacities, that we have to be invulnerable. And part of it's because, like I said, we're leaders. Everyone's looking to us for the answers, and for the most part, we have those answers, right? We have done the homework, we've worked hard, we've uh, learned, we've gotten the education, and we like to have the answers. When we're that person that people go to and have the answer right away, that feels good. That feels great. And we are able to achieve success with it. And that's what we're always trying to work towards, especially as leaders. We're trying to work towards success. But I think what happens over time is our self-worth soon becomes tied to our success. And when our self-worth is tied to it, we begin to define ourselves by that. And 
a lot of times when you're introducing yourself or somebody asks you what you do, you're talking about your occupation. You're talking about the successes that have led you to the point to get the job that you have. But I would say that it actually overflows beyond our occupation. It overflows into every area of our life. And we create this image of who we are. And a lot of times we create this image of who we think others think we should be, what others view success as. And so we start to build that up. We build this great LinkedIn profile. We build uh, lots of friends on Facebook. We show pictures of how much fun we're having on the vacations that we're doing. And we become who we think we should be because that's what others are doing. We see the accomplishments of other people through all these different mediums. And we begin to try to be what success is to everybody, what we think success is all around us. We're seeing people's highlight reels and we're holding ourselves to that unrealistic expectation. And I call that compare and despair. We're comparing ourselves to them and we're constantly depressed because for whatever reason, it's so much easier for them to do it instead of for us to do it. And because of that, we get trapped in this pursuit pursuit of trying to attain something that's unattainable and we're ungrateful for the things that we ultimately have. And that's what I'm talking about. I call this plan A. This is the readily available plan to us. This is the plan that we think that we should pursue. It's to be the most successful person that has everything going for them with all the answers. We're the person that people look up to. And in my case, it's a person that doesn't need any help. We have all the solutions. We can accomplish this. I am success. I am all of the things that I've created, all the things that I've put together in my life. And to the, for the most part, I accomplished that. I got the job title, president of company. I have a nice house. I have a great salary. I have a beautiful wife and kids. And all of that is fantastic. And there, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. But I think what happens is I, you begin to get this idea that nothing bad can happen to me, that I can overcome any instance, any challenge, any trial that comes along, I can get over it. And what I found was that there is definitely consequences to that because I got into a situation that I couldn't control. And it's just not one situation. There, There becomes over time multiple situations that you can't control. And you realize that you're not enough, that you do not have all the answers. And then it's a matter of trying to trying to fake it through it so that you can get the things done or that you can try to fool everybody so you can keep doing what you're doing and stay in the position that you're in. So what I want to do is I want to talk about the first consequence. The first consequence that I ran across uh, as I was going through a lot of this stuff was I realized that when you are invulnerable, when you project that, you cannot have true relationships. You never open up about the struggles that you have and for other people, I think other people like to help you whenever you have challenges in life. And so they relate to you through your struggles. That's what makes you real. That's why when Chris and Steve were talking, Stephen were talking about the things that they, the challenges they had going on in their lives, we all leaned into that because we were trying to relate to that. But on the other side of that too, when you don't think you have any struggles or challenges or anything else, um, you think everyone else should have that as well. They shouldn't have any problems. And so you do not give empathy well. Uh, you don't have compassion for them. Um, and so when you have empathy and when you have compassion, you become relatable, you become vulnerable. That's where true relationship happens. 
So what really happens instead is you get a lot of acquaintances. You never build a deep connection with the people in your life. And what happens is you have a lot of friends. You have a lot of people that you think are, are your friends. But when you're really struggling and you're really having challenges, you have nobody that you can go to. For me, the most frustrating part about it was I was in a situation, I was struggling, my business was struggling, I was feeling like a failure as a leader, and everybody would ask me whenever I'd meet them, how are you doing? And I would say, great. I would say, everything's fantastic. Best day of my life. Can't complain. And you know what? I was, I was saying it with my mouth, but in my heart and in my mind, every single time that I heard myself say that, I got mad because I knew it wasn't okay. And I wanted to get asked somebody for help. I wanted to tell them what was truly going on, but I didn't have a relationship with them. And I felt like if I did say that, that everything that I had created up to that point would fall apart and they would view me as a failure. And so my self-worth was tied to my success. So I could never admit the fact that I didn't think that I was successful and I didn't have the people in my life that I could go to because all my relationships were acquaintanceships. And it was a very, very lonely thing. It wasn't easy for me to get through. I, I craved true relationship and I could not, I didn't have it when I absolutely needed it. So I would challenge you when you're, when you're thinking about your conversations and the group of friends you have, are you being vulnerable? Are you having those conversations with them? Are you uh, expressing empathy and compassion and not just saying, hey, man, that stinks for you. Like, do you truly have a relationship like that? If you don't, I would strongly encourage you to build those kinds of relationships because those are the, some of the most important relationships that you have that'll help you get to that next level in life. It'll help you get to that next level as a leader. Um, but ultimately, it's going to give you peace in your heart and in your in your relationships. The next consequence that I, that I found in this journey was learning. Learning starts when you recognize that you don't have all the answers. And it sounds a little cliche to say that you, you feel like you have all the answers, but you really have no desire to learn anything more when you think that you're, you have it all. And so you're not pushing yourself to, to grow because, and you just ultimately become stagnant. And part of learning is tied to humility. If you're not humble, if you don't approach uh, somebody who you view as uh, an expert in something with humility, they're not going to want to teach you. No one wants to listen to a know-it-all. And I'll be honest, nobody wants to be around a know-it-all either. Uh, those people get to be pretty annoying. And it's one of those things where they just talk for the sake of hearing their voice. And when you're not teachable and you are that know-it-all, it will take you a lot longer to figure something out. I'm not saying that you can't learn it yourself or you can't do it, but you can greatly accelerate that process if you actually humble yourself and be willing to listen to other people who have been there and done that. Those are the kinds of people that will accelerate that growth for you as opposed to hinder it. Now, the opposite of humility is selfishness and pride. And you can't teach somebody who is selfish and prideful. Somebody who thinks, again, that they know it all, that they have all the answers. The Bible says uh, in 1 Peter 5, 5, to listen with humility. Humility is the hinge that opens the door for everything else. And if you do not have humility, 
in my opinion, it's really hard to be a successful person. And it's also really difficult to be a leader. You can't lead people unless you're able to listen with humility, put yourself in a position where you can learn. I think about my son, Ethan, we took him on a, I, I took him on a guided uh, fishing trip. We went trout fishing and we had a, a, a history of fishing for catfish and bass and those other things. And, and so Ethan was really good at catching those and he had a lot of confidence going into it. And so every time we would, he would uh, try to catch a trout, he'd get a bite and it would rip the hook right out of the trout's mouth because he's used to having to pull really hard as soon as the, the fish bit the hook. He was concerned that they'd spit it out. Well, the guide was, uh, he, he's been guiding his whole life. He, he knows this river up and down and he's telling him, he's like, you got to let the fish take the bait. You got to let them swim off with it and then slowly reel it in. And that's how you catch the trout. Otherwise it, it's the, the hook's going to fall right out. And my son kept going. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, no, I got it. I got it. He missed, I don't know, 10, 15 fish this day trying to catch these things. And it was because he was operating with pride that he and, and he felt that he knew how to fish because he had caught bass and catfish before he thought that he could catch trout the same way. And that wasn't true. And until I kind of had to grab his arm and say, listen, you do not know because you are losing all these fish and ripping it out of their mouth. You need to listen to him. You need to allow him to teach you so that you can do this. And sure enough, when he uh, started reeling in slowly, as opposed to pulling on the hook hard, he caught fish and he caught good sized fish. You have to be willing to be humble and you have to be willing to be teachable. If you have this perception of invulnerability and know it all and having all the answers, you can't learn. Now on the other side of that, the third consequence is you can't teach either. Because you can't teach someone or have the patience to teach someone if they don't measure up to the level of expertise and knowledge that you have. I recently thought about an example of this. I actually came across an example of this as a guy that I met. He's an entrepreneur. He's a business owner. And uh, in the line of field that he's in, uh, line of work that he's in is very technical. And so he has to do these installs. And he was telling me how great of an installer he was, how great he could do these different things. Nobody was going to outwork him. No one was going to do an install better than him. No one was going to perfectly lay out everything that it needed to be. And he was proud of the fact that anytime he would train somebody, he would actually fire them on the spot if they didn't do it exactly like he did. I mean, they could be like 99% and this guy would be like, nope, you didn't, you didn't do this this way. Uh, that's it. You're fired. And I kind of chuckled at him. I thought it was kind of funny because he was really proud of this. And I was like, you know, that's great that you do everything as well as you do. But if you never teach somebody, if you never take the time to tr truly teach them and you, you just have this expectation that they're going to do it the way that you do it, they're never going to learn. And I asked him, I said, how many technicians do you have? And he says, I'm the only one. It's just me. And I said, well, that's kind of my point. You're never going to grow beyond yourself. What happens is you've created a wonderful bottleneck. You may be really, really good at doing something a certain way, but you can't grow and you definitely can't lead people if you can't learn to teach them and, 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 and help them get to that level. And I think partly with him, I think partly in the situation that he was in, I think he was a little afraid to teach somebody to be as good as him because, again, his self-worth was tied to it, who he was, what the things that he did was tied to how well he did it. And if other people were as good as him, that would create competition and then he would no longer be needed.
and he would no longer be the best. And you kind of need to you need to learn to get around yourself and find your worth in something other than your work, because when you find your worth in in something other than your work, you can teach people, you can create a bigger business, you can create uh, an easier life, a more successful life, uh, if you're willing to teach people and be willing to step out of the way and not be the person that has all the answers that can only do it like you can. And the last consequence is self-reliance. You create this illusion of independence that puts you at the center of your life. The challenge is, is that this can work until it doesn't. And it can work for a really long time. But when you get to that point where you can't rely on yourself anymore and you have no support, you, have, um, you don't have enough time or you don't have all the answers, this house of cards begins to crash in on itself. And that's a very, very dangerous place to be. It's a very vulnerable place to be. It's a very uncomfortable place to be. But when you're in that place of self-reliance where you think that you have all the answers and that you can do it on your own, you ultimately get to this point of a little bit of narcissism. You become so self-absorbed with yourself that you have this exaggerated view of or exaggerated uh, view of your own importance. You'd be preoccupied with fantasies of success. Um, you have these unrealistic expectations uh, and, and you become arrogant in your behaviors and your attitudes. And the craziest thing about narcissists is narcissists don't know that they're narcissists. They just think everybody's like them. And so they never realize they have a problem and ultimately they get further and further along the way where no one can help them and they don't need they they don't know that they need help and they become unhappy with life they become ha unhappy with everything around them the other side of this is when you're self-reliant you look at some of the failures of other people some of the people that are willing to be vulnerable that they're willing to share their stories and you say to yourself that's not me that won't happen to me. I know that I can get through that. I'm not going to have the same problem that they have. I'm not going to have the same failures that they had. I'm sure that we've sat in many a self-help thing, many a service, and there's been a uh, an altar call or there's been a, a challenge to get yourself to that next level, and you're just waiting for it to be over because you're like, well, obviously these people need help, but not me. I'm 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 not that person. You know, when you are self-reliant and you have that success, your success brings excess. You don't have needs for other things in terms of um, you have everything that you need, or at least you think you have everything you need. And you have the resources to try to pursue happiness, to try to pursue um, fulfillment in your life. But a lot of times you get to that point of where you think you have everything that you need and you think you have the success that you have and you realize it's empty. And so you start trying to fill it with everything else. You, you try to fill it with cars or houses or money or food or some cases, maybe you just go the opposite direction. You try to numb yourself from all those things. So you just don't care. So you, you start to use things that remove you from reality. 
you chase this lifestyle that you think that you're supposed to have. And when you get it and it's there and you become frustrated because you don't understand why you still feel unhappy and you still feel unfulfilled, you have to keep chasing everything. And it's just a constant cycle. And what really happened, the real danger with self-reliance is that you don't feel like you need God. You feel like you can do whatever you need and you can get whatever you need to get. And you're never in an instance where you need faith, where you need help, where you need support, because it all points back to you. And essentially, you're a created being looking at a creator saying, I've got this. I'm able to figure out every single thing that I need. I don't need you. Now, the Bible talks about this a little bit. Uh, It talks about it in Deuteronomy where, if I'm understanding correctly, the Israelites have been wandering for 40 years, and all this stuff had been provided for them. They're about to go into the promised land where it's going to have all the resources and all the things that they need. And... God wants them to remember that it's not them that is the, that their success, it's God. It says in Deuteronomy 8, 17, Otherwise you might say in your heart, My power and my strength and my hand have made this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to make wealth, that may confirm his covenant with you, that which he swore upon your fathers as it is this day. In Proverbs 28, 26, it says, He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but he who walks wisely will be delivered. And the last verse that I came that, that I want to share with you is Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will straighten your paths. It doesn't say trust in yourself with all your heart. It says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. We all have our own understandings. And I think the challenge is we become very self-reliant on our own understandings. So what I want to challenge you to do is is to have something a little bit different. Instead of have that that plan A where you're constantly pursuing what you believe to be success based on what you see other people doing and everything and comparing yourself to other people and and feeling that emptiness of constantly chasing something that's not you. What I want you to do is pursue a plan B. And when I say plan B, I don't mean plan letter B. I mean plan plan B E as in be the person that God created you to be. Become like Christ. Become the become the person that is the real version of yourself. Not the one that you think you should be or others think you should be, uh, but create those relationships and approach life with humility and serving other people. Because that's what God did. When you become like Christ, when you when you when you pursue Christ, it helps you to identify who you are as a created being. He approached life with humility. He approached life uh, as a servant, and he chose to build relationships with us. In 1 Corinthians, it says, be imitators of me, Paul's saying this, just as I am an imitator of Christ. 
And in Philippians 2, 3 through 9, it says, Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others, having the attitude in yourself, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not require did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but laid aside his privilege, emptied himself, taking on the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of man, being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death and even death on the cross. For this reason, God also highly exalted him and bestowed on him a name which is above every other name. Now, if I'm going to read between the lines on that, God wants us to be servants. He wants us to be humble. He wants us to be obedient to him. And invulnerability has no part of that. He does not call us to that. But we need to know Jesus. We need to know God to try to be like him. And if we're like him, that's where our true peace comes from. That's where our fulfillment comes from. And ultimately, we have to surrender to him. To overcome our preconceptions of invulnerability, we have to surrender ourselves and recognize that we are not our own source. We do not have all the answers. And you know what? Someday you're not going to have all the answers. You might have them all today, but someday you won't. And what's going to happen is you're going to have to trust in him. You're going to cry out and say, God, help me. And instead of that being a last resort... I would challenge you to make that a natural thing. But you know what? That's a daily decision. It's a daily decision that you need to make in your life. And it'll lead you to have better relationships. We'll become better teachers and students. And we'll become reliant on him and view life as a steward instead of relying on ourselves. Anyway, podcast listeners, that is my presentation for tomorrow. Uh, it's a little bit different because it is a breakfast, but um, I appreciate you taking the time to tune in to listen to this. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you think. Send me an email. Uh, leave a comment. Shoot a, shoot, uh, come to one of the events and come seek me out. But uh, you can contact us at podcast at uh, ybtok.com. That's the best way to get a hold of us, get a hold of me. And, uh, man, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so, so much for listening and being a part of this. Um, it's, a, it's a real honor, and I'm excited to see uh, the growth in this podcast, especially now that we're named one of the top, uh, top 10 podcasts to download. So, listeners, remember, choose to connect, seek development, and be inspired. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.